of those tele-evangelists or some of the prosperity gospels or some people who like pull on your emotional heartstrings in order to get the last few dollars out of you. Or maybe some of you, it's a bit selective, you know. Again, you, you've chosen where, where you're going to give and, and why you're going to give and, you know, that you're set. My aim today is not to spiritually, emotionally, intellectually or any other, or physically, like, frisk you. <laughs> um, my aim is to just look at God's word to see what it has to say about this particular thing that we do as a body of Christ, as the people of God, every week in our service. And and to see if God wants to speak to us individually and corporately on this subject. Just the same thing we do every other week, just with this topic. Um, So so let's pray as, as we get into the word of God this morning. Lord, help me to be true to your word, to unpack it faithfully, and to allow the inspired scripture to speak to us on a subject which can be sensitive, how we use our money and how we give it to each other here. Yeah, whether we have a little or whether we have a lot, We know we are all equal in Christ Jesus. May your word speak truth to us in our guts, in our minds, and in our hearts today. And allow us to listen to you as we come together. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's start with the foundations. Uh, What is tithe? We've got two questions. What is tithe and why do we tithe? Um, So... Some of you might uh, know, like, some of you have been around the block, will have set answers to these already, and you know what? They're probably right. Um, So the first one, what is a tithe? It is a portion of your income given to the local church. This is something most churches uh, do, and it's usually around 10%. And that's, that's a fairly correct answer. That is a correct answer. Uh, it's generally on a weekly basis. Uh, here at New Peninsula, as Chris was saying, a lot of it is online these days. I don't think my son, who's three, knows what cash looks like. Actually, we were at the supermarket. I shouldn't tell you this. We were at the supermarket the other day, and someone paid in cash, and the money, like, in the, like, the self-checkout, and, someone, and the money came into the little thing, and Charlie was all like, what's that? Like, I've never seen. Where, where is this coin? Why are there coins coming from this thing? Um, because I always use my card, right? So the same, the same as applies here. Usually, our tithe often happens online. Um, otherwise, you give money at the back, right? Um, and yeah, it's used. And this is different. The tithe is different to give, giving, right? A tithe is this weekly kind of sum that we give to the church in general. That's specifically what it is. There is giving, which is a side to that, which is, you know, for like the, like the Myanmar thing, right? A one-soft thing or like a building project. Uh, there, is, there are times where we give, but that's separate and additional to our tithe. So that's what it is. Why do we tithe? Now, some may have answers to this question, right? Maybe like paying for the lights, paying for the electricity, making sure everything keeps running, And I think if we think of it that way, it ends up equating in our mind to like our gas bill, especially if it's direct debited. It's just like, oh yeah, that's done. Um, Or it's like paying your footy club fees or or something like that. 
You know, other people might say, oh, it's giving our money back to God. Well, that's, yeah, that's true. And others might say, it's keeping your heart in check regarding your relationship with money. And, and all those answers are right. But they're not like a, 100% right. Like they're not the complete picture of what tithing is. There is actually so much more to tithing than just this. So we're going to look at the Bible. We're going to do a quick bird's eye view of the whole thing this morning to really unpack what tithing is. And it's really exciting. I know it's like it doesn't sound like, but it really is. I've learned so much. So we're going to start, and you're going to have to indulge my Bible nerd. Remember, like I'm a bit of a Bible nerd in my hidden moments. Um, So we're going to start pre-law, right? So the law is in um, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. We're going to start pre-law in Genesis. And there are three interesting accounts I want to draw your attention to in the pre-law, right? Uh, So the first is Genesis 14, 18, 20, where Abraham, that's one of the patriarchs, right? He gives a tithe to Melchizedek the priest of God, um, uh, the priest of the Most High God, in response to this priest of the Most High God blessing him. So this tithe, this tenth, right? Because tithe, the word means tenth. Abraham gives a tenth to this priest of the Most High God in response to blessing. Right? Then in Genesis 28, uh, 22, Jacob commits to giving God a tithe, again, in response to a dream God gives Jacob about blessing him, right? And actually, this, this tithe that Jacob, this word tithe that Jacob uses is a verb which is this ongoing, right? God is promising him land. He's promising Jacob blessing, and he hasn't yet changed his name to Israel, but it's a preemptor to that one. And he's saying, Jacob's saying, I'm going to give you an ongoing tithe for the blessing of the land and the prosperity you're going to, you have promised to me, God. Now, the third one in Genesis is actually happens first. It happens in Genesis chapter 4, right? Now, it doesn't use the word tithe, but it's very interesting because it's Cain and Abel. They've just, like their parents have just been kicked out of the garden, right? And Abel offers some of his firstborn of his flock, Right? And the Lord looks on it with favour. And there is language there that really like, indicates some sort of overlapping with what the law is going to be speaking about later in Deuteronomy. So long story short, there's this resonance, right? There's this preempting, this foreshadowing of what is going to be, Ill, what is going to be kind of really spoken about in the law. And, like, there is a bit of scholarly debate about this stuff, but I think it's, it's really interesting to note that this is happening in the very first book of the Bible, right? Anything that happens at the start, the middle, and the end is really important to pay attention to. Um, okay, so pre-law, now the law, right? So we first have to remember the importance of the land to the people of God, right? The land to the Israelites was so significant because God says to them, really important, I will be your God, you will be my people, and I will give you this land. All through the Old Testament, land is really key because back in Old Testament times, they didn't have debit cards. They didn't really have cash. They had land. And if you had land, you could produce things, right? You could grow plants and you could make things and you could have cattle and you could have milk and you could go and find honey and find berries. And if you had land, you had wealth. All right, And then you traded that with other people who had land. 
And so in actually giving them their land, God is saying, I am going to provide to you. I am going to give you a means of, of, of taking care of yourself and taking care of your people and your children and generations. Um, so it's, it's really significant, this idea of land, right? Um, so here in, the, then, here in the Old Testament laws, right, we have in Deuteronomy 14, uh, 22 to 24, And it's a really clear directive about tithing. So let me read it out to you. He says to the people, Be sure to set aside a tenth, a tithe, of um, all that your fields, your land, produces each year. Each tithe of your grain, your new wine and oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. Okay, like the, the temple, the house of God. So that you may learn to revere the Lord, your God, always. But if that place is too far away for you um, and you have been blessed by the Lord and cannot carry your tithe because like sheep and cattle and stuff are heavy, um, then exchange your tithe for silver and take the silver with you and go to the place the Lord, your God, will choose. Use the silver to buy what you like, cattle, sheep, wine and other fermented drink and anything you wish. And then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord and rejoice. And do not neglect the Levite, okay, the priests, living in your towns, for they have no allotment of land or inheritance of their own. So they have no means of producing things. So that's nice. What's it mean? I want you to imagine your friend comes to you on a Sunday night, right, and says to you, I am going to pay for all your groceries this week. I'm going to pay for all of them, right? And Monday morning, click and collect arrives, and there's like all of your groceries for the whole week. Now, the condition your friend says to you, next Sunday, I'm having a party. We're going to have lunch, all right? And I want you to bring a roast chicken. So I've bought you all your groceries for this week, but on Sunday we're having lunch and I'm having it with all my friends and I want you guys to celebrate with me and I want you to bring the chicken, right? And they've already, like, they've given you all this. It's not actually that big a deal, is it? Because you're like, wow, this person's just given me all this stuff and now they're asking me just to bring a chicken to lunch, to have a party and to share. This is what happened. This is what the tithe is. God has given them the land and he says, from this part of the land, from the produce, from what you produce on this land, come and celebrate it at my house. Rejoice, eat a meal with each other, with your family. Use the produce to celebrate together, to remember that I gave you the land and to also do it together. Rejoice together, serve together. And don't forget the Levite, because they, have, they don't have anything. I haven't given them an allotment, right? So share with them. Bring them into that celebration. Okay, so that's actually one type. There's actually three types in, the, in, in, um, Deut- in Deuteronomy or in the law. So actually, if you, if you kind of add it up, so I've got the references on there. If you, if you add it up, the three tithes end up being 23.3% of their annual income because one of them is done every three years. So actually the tithe, the overarching tithe is actually 23.3%, which is interesting because we all kind of say 10%, which it is, but there is more going on there because the other tithe 
uh, is actually a tithe of charity, which is, is, again, go to the temple and do this, but also remember to invite the sojourner among you. Invite the, the widow, the, the, the foreigner, the, the, the fatherless, right? Those people who don't have means of providing for their own, who are in the people of God, those who are struggling, those who have need in the people of God, use your tithe to create a space for them to come to, resources for them to share in. That's what that, it's that kind of common purse concept. That's what that tithe is about. And it, it just blows me away. Like, if you think about other religions of this era, right? Like, this, this ancient, ancient, like, Israel, right? Other religions of this era, their offerings, their tithes are not safe, like are not mentionable in a family-friendly service. The things that their gods were asking them to do was like not cool. And our God's asking us to have a big family dinner together. You know, use this stuff to come together and celebrate me and invite everybody into it. It's, it's actually phenomenal and we have such a good God. Okay, that's the law, getting carried away. Everyone wants to move on. So next one the prophets, right? So later on, in the, later on, the next kind of mention of this tithe, because this is something that the people of God are told to do, right, are the prophets. And we have in Malachi this reference uh, in 3, 6 to 12. And it basically said, says, if the people of God tithe, God will provide for their needs. And if they don't, it's like they've broken covenant with him. And it, it kind of makes sense, right? Like God's asking you to give a tithe and, and come and celebrate with me. And if you choose not to do that, you are disengaging from him. You are saying, you know, I don't want to have a relationship with you. You are breaking covenant with him. And there are consequences to that. So actually, if you read kind of Malachi out of the context of what tithing's meant to do, it seems a bit confronting. But in the context, it just makes sense. You choose to break covenant. You choose to break tithe. There are consequences. Whereas if you choose to stay in covenant, in relationship, you choose to tithe, then you're going to keep keep perpetuating that blessing, that sharing, that kind of covenantal community, um, which I, I think is really a beautiful image. Okay, so let's move on to the New Testament and the Gospels. Jesus actually does mention this once, right? Uh, and we have the law. So the law sets this standard, this beautiful kind of standard. But what we also know of the law generally is that Israel fell short. And actually, we all fell short of that law, right? And and Jesus calls the Pharisees out on this in Matthew 23, 23. And again, he mentions it in Luke. Woe to you, teachers of the law and, and, and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth, a tithe of your spices, your mint, your dill, and your cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So here Jesus is actually endorsing them to do this tithe. You should be doing this, but you've missed the point of it. You know, you've missed what it was meant to be about. Like, yeah, you're ticking that box, you know, you're getting it done, but you've missed what it's meant to do. You know, you've missed how it's meant to shape you. You've missed how it's meant to really actually create community. But because of Christ... Because of the gospel, because then the New Testament church is empowered by the Spirit, we actually see them living it out. You know, we actually see them embodying what this looks like. Now, let's turn uh, to Acts 2 42 47. 
Let's see how they are, are using their resources to, to create community. So 42, they devoted themselves, this is the New Testament church, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. They had everything in common. They shared everything. They rejoiced together. They did it in the temple courts. They did it in their homes. There was this unity. There was this sharing. There was this joy of the Lord. And the Lord added to their number daily. Okay, Acts 4, 32 to 35, again, it speaks about the New Testament church. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful to work in them all. And there was no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and bought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. It seems this New Testament church realised the ideal of what tithing was pointing to. Though they didn't like strictly follow the letter of the law anymore, they weren't under the letter of the law anymore, they were feeling the spirit of the law. And, and it was shaping them and creating this culture around them. And no longer did they share like 10%, like, you know, it was, there was these three tithes, but now everything was in common. All their possessions, like they lift, they raised the bar and there was no needy person among them. It wasn't just at these particular times, invite these people in. There was no needy person among them. And we see this New Testament church creating this common purse, a pool of resources, which they shared in order to honour God and build up the people of God. Honour God vertical and build up the people of God horizontal. And it was to those in their immediate context, to those around them. It was to those who were local. So... Have you ever sat down at dinner with anybody, like, I don't know, I've been to a few of these uh, extended family gatherings, where you sit down and someone's not talking to somebody, or like, and there's conversation happening, but like, they won't look at each other, or maybe there's like an angry glance. And it's like, if you looked in, it would look fine, but it feels tense, you know, or maybe it's dinner time and your brother's just punched you like in the shoulder or something and you're just really grumpy at him. So you like, you come down and you slam your plate down and you, you sit down and you eat your food. Technically, you're sharing. Technically, you're sitting together and having a great, like having a, having a share time of a share meal and you've come together. But, you know, there's an attitude thing there, isn't there? It, it's not a place you want to be. Like, if you see it, you're like, oh, I'm going to avoid that table. I'm going to sit to those guys because they're having a good time. Right? They're, they're, it's not just about giving. 
and fulfilling the ticking that box. It's about the attitude and the spirit, the spirit in which we give. And Paul goes into this in his epistles, particularly in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And he, he talks about being a cheerful giver, not reluctant and grudging, being sincere and full of love, not out of obligation, and according to our means, not oppressing those who don't have much, and, and calling those out who have a lot to be generous. Because he knows the way in which we give shapes the kind of spirit of the community. You know, it, it shapes the way it feels at the, at the chair table, you know? And, and he's speaking about this sharing financially. Um, okay, do you, do you like duck fat potatoes? So I used to be a dietitian, which means there was probably about six years which I didn't eat any, like, uh, what are they called? Potatoes, like chips, 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 chips. She doesn't know what chips is. Um, okay, but I have transformed, right? Because at Glenn, has, Glenn, my husband, has a really big family, a really big family. One, of, one side of his family is probably 30 or 40 people, his dad's side. And every, time, every year we get together at Christmas time. And um, it's, it's, a share, it's a share thing, right? Where you come, you lunch, and like his sister always brings a gluten-free t- a trifle, which has like a mountain of raspberries on it. And I always steal all the raspberries. And then like uh, the, the aunties, they all bring different salads, right? And, and Glenn's dad, he makes like three trays of meat. And, and then like I help, I do the Christmas cake and we make the gingerbread. Um, but I always look forward to Jill's duck fat potatoes and like we share and we have a meal but the the great thing about that it's not necessarily the food right it's like being at Christmas lunch hanging out with the family catching up seeing the kids throw the other kids into the pool and just like chilling out and being together celebration giving our tithes to the the people of God here in this place is meant to be like bringing those dark fat potatoes to the table. It, it's, it's not just about like, yeah, it's about bringing something to the table, but it's about what bringing something to the table does, the space that it creates, right? And, 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 and it's about remembering that all this stuff comes from God and that, and that we're here together and we're all on the same journey and we all love him and we get to celebrate the things he's doing in our life and celebrate the unity we have in Christ and throw someone in the metaphorical pool. Oh, no, that's like baptism, right? Um, I just thought of that. <laughs> um, it, it's about that genuine community, genuine relationships and memories and experiences and the culture that is here and the spirit moving among us. Every day in the New Testament church was like Christmas lunch. Everyone bringing something to the table to share with each other. And do you know what? They had to add a chair every day. The Lord was bringing others into their number every day. They had to add it. Oh, let's make room. Let's make room. Someone else is coming. And there was always enough for those who had need. It was this beautiful vertical honor God and horizontal build up the church. So as we finish off today, this is tithing, right? This is what it's meant to be, this beautiful thing. I don't want you to think about, you know, oh, I should, give, I should. what not to do after this is I should give more money to the church, you know, out of guilt. 
out of a feeling of like pressure or shame. Neither should you kind of go home and do the set and forget thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this, but then I'm going to, you know, forget about it. Like I'll put my, put my food on the table and then walk away. It's not about doing that. It's about being involved. It's about what that does. It's about creating community, about sharing together, about being present together. So what I want you to go and do after this is, is not just ponder this week, but we have this moment every week in our services. Use that tithing spot to reflect and, and to think up and vertically honour God and to think about how am I building up the church, you know, and, and to listen to God what might be saying to you every week. You know, because it's according to how things are going. Sometimes it might, sometimes we might give more. Sometimes we might give less. And it's not about the amount. It's about responding to God. It's about being active and thinking about how God is asking us to um, use our finances in amongst his people. So I know it's an ongoing challenge. It's a weekly challenge to ponder and really consider this stuff. Think about what you're doing because what you're doing matters and has significance in your life, in your spiritual growth, and in the life and the spiritual growth of our church and in the culture we set here and who we are as a people of God so that we can bring other people in, so that we can see God's mission go out. But it's on you. It's on how you are thinking and responding to God when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to his word. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you um, for just the depths of insight that are in your Bible. I kind of even know when it comes to this subject, we've only just kind of, we're at the top of the iceberg. There is so much more we could, we could think and dwell and ponder on when it, when it comes to this act of tithing all through your scripture. Lord, I, I pray for the culture of our church. You know, it is, the world is fierce when it comes to uh, trying to get money out of us. Advertisements are everywhere. What we do with our money is, is really kind of strongly uh, communicated to us by the world. And you, Lord, have a say. Because you, Lord, we came to this world with nothing and we will leave with nothing. And all that we have in between is from you. Lord, help us to know how to steward that well. Help us to understand the richness of what tithing is and what you want to do in us as individuals, in us as families, and in us corporately um, through this act of worship, through this act of honouring you, and through this act of building one another up. Lord, we pray um, for the opportunity to bring others into our number, to um, to have enough to share with those who don't have any, to meet each other's needs, um, particularly financially, because it is stressful and it is hard sometimes. Help us, Lord, to continue to pursue you and be the people of God in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.